Cleveland. All right, we have a strange Cleveland Moto podcast because we are not in Dustin's garage. Yay! We are in my house. We are in the salubrious confines of salubrious. the Waters nice. Estate. We are in our cozy living room, uh, a former beach cottage where our living room was turned into a bedroom, our bedroom was turned into a closet. And that's the kind of house we're rolling in. So today we've got Chris Smith. Hey, how we doing? Johnny Chrome. Hello, everyone. Johnny McElfresh. Hey, how's it going? Johnny Chrome's got his sexy voice. Yeah, he's... Yeah, I've got my... <laughs> I've got my uh, upper respiratory infection. <laughs> Steve Hoffert's here. Hi, all. And Dustin Elk. I am. Uh, today we've got that 20 degrees going on. And we have the, the, the wind blowing in off the lake. We've got the nor'wester coming in. Winter and is here. Winter is officially here. Wait until the middle of February. <laughs> February 12th. Tomorrow it's going to be like 9 degrees and negative 5 wind chill and all that good crap. And then yesterday I had hernia surgery. That's why we're at my house today. Because uh, I did not expect to have one blue ball and half a blue dick. But <laughs> that's what happens when you get hernia surgery, I Well, guess. when you pay a little extra to the surgeon, that's what you oh, get. Oh, man. This is, uh, this is <laughs> you not... You give a tip. Yeah, I got a tip already. And I thought that was just because of the weather. I thought maybe... Yeah, you definitely don't want to give them a tip. <laughs> they drew an X on my leg... With a marker, they then threw away. And uh, they drew one X on my leg, and apparently during the surgery, they painted my balls blue <laughs> with the same marker. So, uh, yeah, we were... Oh, they were bored. They were bored. They had, they had nothing else to do. Did you draw on yourself before you went in, not this side? No, I did not. I did not need to. Uh, <laughs> not this Because ball. it turns out with an inguinal, is that how you pronounce it, Mary? Inguinal. Inguinal? Yeah, with an inguinal hernia, when they inflate your tummy, they put that air pump in your belly button, they blow up your lower abdomen, inflate your lower abdomen, and then they probe around laparoscopically and camera-wise on both sides to make sure that they don't do the side that you're complaining about and then have to come back in a week later and do the side you weren't complaining about, which was about to blow out anyway. Well, then. So it turns out I only had a flat on one side, so they patched that. So I'm going to be recovering for that for a little while. And I'm not allowed to lift anything over 10 pounds, which is going to cut into my drinking dramatically. So uh, 12 ounces, much lighter, in depleting reps. Much, too. yeah, much, mm-hmm. uh, much lighter tiki mugs from now on. <laughs> so, John, you were just in California visiting Kevin Nixon, right? Yes. So it, it was fantastic. When I die, I want to go to California. Well, don't wait till you're dead. You got to go before no, well, you die. No, you don't understand. It's too expensive to actually live there. Yeah. And I have always kind of wanted to go to California. I've never been to California. My wife's been to California a few times. She's like, ah, you don't want to go to California. Because she didn't want me to go to California. Because she knew. Well, she wanted me to go to California. But didn't, eh. yeah, yeah. But then the fates collided, and it was my birthday. And yep. she said, you know what? Kevin's out there. My buddy moved out there about six months ago yeah. for a good job. Yeah. But we'll, we won't go there. Yeah. <laughs> but well, it was my birthday. She's like, I'm going to buy you a ticket to California. And I said, that's great. That is one great. Dude, was that one way? <laughs> one yeah. I wish it was. Peggy knows better. She yeah. was not going to buy a one-way ticket to California. <laughs> so uh, $255 round trip later... Wow. That's not bad cheap. at all. There you yeah. go. That's, that's pretty how many, nice. How many layovers? <laughs> well, I originally was supposed to fly from Cleveland to New Jersey. Yeah. But the last minute, they changed that, and I flew from Cleveland to Chicago yeah. in an RJ. And yeah. RJ is a plane that is about as wide as my wingspan. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I can literally reach across. There's two seats on this side and one on this side. Yeah. 
I was curled into a ball in this little <laughs> RJ. But thankfully, it was just one of those, like, not even an hour up. Yeah. And then come back down. Okay. Well, thankfully, cool. those pilots are only making, like, 30000 a year. Right. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah definitely. So they don't lose much when they crash. Right. Plus, yeah. plus the booze they get for free. Right. <laughs> there was no booze on that flight. No. And no, <laughs> no, you have to get the flask from the pilot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> they, they, they pass it back. Right. <laughs> Here's your drink service. So there's Chicago to Santa Ana, Orange yeah. County, which is a nice little airport. Yeah, that was is. on, a, I think, a uh, Airbus A380. Mm-hmm. So, and that sucked. I was in the middle seat, but thankfully there was two small people on either there side. There would have to be. They're going to put you in the middle seat? <laughs> they put me in the middle yeah. seat. It was like, oh, God. And I'm like, right. But it yeah. was a little chick and a little dude. And yeah, and the rule is if you get the middle seat, you get both armrests. That's a, we live in a civilized culture. That was four hours, <laughs> a little over four hours yeah. in the air there. It was getting brutal, but I got up and took a piss, so that really got it, you know. And I, <laughs> You're roaming around the airport. I bought drinks on that flight. Oh, hell yeah. I had three rum and Cokes, which cost me $24. Oh, God. Yeah. But it was Um, the best $24 I ever spent, because I don't think I would have made it without that. No, probably not. (laughs) Man, I've literally been in an airport that was about the size of a bus stop. Oh, really? Yeah, I forget where the hell it was. I think it was in Milwaukee. It was was on a work trip years ago, and it was one of our layovers. It was an airport and a bus stop. Well, I got out and just looked. I'm like, (laughs) it was a transportation center. Yeah, it was like, you know, the parking yeah. rides? Oh, yeah. It was like that size. That's the bus. That was the airport. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There no no stores, no nothing. like no coffee shop, nothing. No, so what bar? did you get to ride while you No bar. bar. What kind of <laughs> bar? Well, the good news is I didn't get dicked on the way out. Kevin picked me up. We had beer and tacos, settled into his house, and then nice. we went in the back. To, uh, he has a few bikes. He, has a, he races a, a Honda CB160. Right. He bought an old uh, Yamaha, like a 63 white. AS3, which is like, yeah. you know, chrome tank and yeah. two-stroke 250. But his main rider is a 2014 Yamaha FC09. Oh, well, there yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah, which is a fantastic motorcycle. Yes, it is. And uh, it's a little bit probably on the small side for me. I kind of mm-hmm. am big for it, but, yeah. I mean, 110 horsepower, yeah. triple. That's and the funny thing is that it rides a CB200. Right. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. know, yeah. so... <laughs> And he's got it all kitted out. He has a top box on the bag, yeah. some soft bags, USB port. And the most fantastic thing that he had was these Denali heated grips, which were actually prototype grips when he worked at Twisted Throttle. Right. That I went and looked immediately. I'm like, I'm buying those grips. I don't care if they're $200. They're right. the best grips. Uh, but apparently are unavailable. They were like, they never produced Really? Them. So he has these on his bike, and they're beautiful there. They're just the right size. They don't make the. They're not extra fat or anything sure. like that. But the operation of them was that you had a button on the left hand mm-hmm. grip that you just pushed it. You push it once, blue. That's right. the coldest setting. Sure. Push it again, green, and it has an LED. Yeah. It lights up. Sure. Blue, green, yellow, orange, right. red. red. Yeah. Okay. And most of the time, <laughs> yellow or orange was mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Because okay, so we started from long. The ride was okay. So I was riding that. This was a deal where we were taking out brand new bikes, 16 brand new BMWs. Wow. This company rents out BMWs for West Coast trips in California, Oregon, and then they send them up to Alaska during like uh, July, August, and a little bit of September. Really? These 16 bikes go up there. They get Alaska tours up there. Okay, so the, the, the company is wherever the bikes are. 
Right. And so the touring called, company, rental company. And just to give props out to MotoQuest. Okay. They actually have okay. three locations. I think one in Long Beach, yeah. maybe one in, somewhere in Oregon, or maybe Seattle. Yeah. And then another one up in Alaska. Holy cow. So they run these motor, And they're running a variety of BMWs. Like, mm-hmm. They had an F7, they had the F700, the smaller. Sure. Then he, yeah. Kevin was riding an F800. Mm-hmm. And then they had the the GS 1200s. They had yeah. a, a handful of the 1200s, and all of these bikes were kitted for full on adventure. adventure. They yeah. still make the 850 with the biggest ass fuck off panniers on. So the these were as wide as they could be. They were this yeah. wide, and they were these huge, huge. And Kevin said they were relatively cheap, like 250 bucks or something like that, for the big plastic. They were not the aluminum okay. ones that can get beat yeah. up. They're like right. these are the rental ones. These are the rentals. <laughs> On the top of their their thing, they had like at least thirty or forty sets of these things. Oh, okay. There. I mean, they have a ton of them. That's so they're getting somebody's economy cases, knowing they're going to get damaged anyway. But they're just big ass plastic cases yeah. that you could pack and live out of for a week, no problem. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. That's pretty so, neat. So the bikes were all kitted up and ready for that. Mm-hmm. He got his bike. So the deal was, we're riding these bikes. We're doing the first five hundred break-in <clears throat> miles on them. Oh, so you're so before they these rent are brand them, new. before they rent them out, they yeah. wanted to take them on a break-in run sure. to make sure shake out any bugs before they go out on the road and they give oh, them yeah. customers. Oh yeah. So his bike had two miles on it. <laughs> yeah. So he yeah. was riding a, a white F eight hundred. Yeah. And, uh, so we, you know, we got there at seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Uh, There's probably. With the 16 bikes plus people added on, maybe 24, 25 bikes. Yeah. Ended up splitting up into like two groups just because... And you said much. you started in Long Beach? We started out in Long Beach mm-hmm. and left at about 7.30. Were you down by the Queen Mary? Is that where you're set up, by well, the water? The Queen Mary was pretty close to us. I yeah. thought about going over and checking it out, but time just didn't permit mm-hmm. and everything. And I thought it would kind of Peggy would probably get mad at me if I went to the Queen Mary without her or whatever. <laughs> I don't want to be a dick and send her pictures of me and um, the Queen Mary. You know that you are describing exactly what I just did to Merritt on my last trip. <laughs> I wouldn't go there. I'm sorry. <laughs> As I was enjoying the Queen Mary bar and my wife was nowhere around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know Queen what Mary the Queen Mary looks Mary like. Is. Fun though, like they have a Scots festival. They have a tilted, yeah. like a kilt festival yeah. or something like that. The Queen Mary is the the Queen Mary. It's the boat. It's oh, the, okay. the cruise ship. Well, it's like, it, is it like a you can. It's an ocean, it's an ocean liner. liner. It's an ocean liner. It's just parked. It's, yeah, it's parked. I think it's permanently yeah. parked. <laughs> you can stay there. It's like they rent it out it's like a hundred years old or something. Yeah. 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 It's in the water. No, I right next to a Russian blocks, submarine. Wasn't it up on cinder blocks? No. no. It's in the water. Water all around it, man. Water all around it. Russian submarine parked right next to it. If it was in Illyria, yeah. it would be up on cinder blocks. Right. Do you think it's operational? Do you think if they wanted to take it somewhere? I have no idea. Could, That's or? a damn good question. I mean, I don't know. Could we Could we take the USS Cod out for a spin? Actually, the USS Cod is actually one of the only submarines. That's floating. That is fully floating and now operational. They had the last... When I checked oh. it out, they had two of the... Five engines or two of the three engines really? were operable. That, Get out of the here. The only thing they would have technically had to do was pick the screw up, the, the propeller yeah. up out of the up and stick it back on. Right. And it'd be fully operational. I've seen them run. I've been, I was down there running. <coughs> when they were running. running. So if there's ever an EMP, right. we can resurrect We have a diesel powered. <laughs> right. I don't know if I'd feel safe underwater. <laughs> it'd be like the James Garner movie <laughs> tank. Just, or, yeah. just keep yeah. it McHale's up. McHale's Navy. Yeah. Well, USS Cod yeah. was actually in service till like I love that movie tank. Tank's a good movie. Yeah. yeah. So it was, I mean, that that's truly a relic. It was. It's, it's parked it here, you know, on our 
And the North thing, Coast. too, is like the USS Scott, and we digress, squirrel, whatever, but mm-hmm. the yeah. USS Scott has never been cut up and made ADH accessible. No. So all the no. other submarines have had a hole cut in the side. So that handicapped people could get inside. USS Scott yeah. that we have here is actually as is, as it was decommissioned. No Americans with disabilities lost Sorry, pertain to this tourist attraction. If you can get somebody to carry If we can slide you through the hatch, right? Whatever. <laughs> Well, I know there was a first bump. I I know there was a point with my father where he was too big to enter the cod. (laughs) Where as a human being, he could no longer fit through any of the accesses (coughs) into the cod. So, you know that's that's been a, you know he passed that threshold thirty years ago. Last time I was in that thing, I was a little kid. Yeah, and it was small. Yeah, exactly. Right. I can only imagine I was a full grown adult. It is a tiny little submarine. Yeah, it's It's still small. Yeah, they didn't didn't make it bigger. Men aboard that. The Eighty men. Eighty. Yeah. Seriously. They did a hot cot every eight hours. You switch shift. Yeah. So three bunk, three men. When one you bunk. got out of the bunk and went on duty, yeah. somebody else jumped into the bunk, yeah. and that was their nap. So every yeah. eight don't, hours, don't fart in my bunk. You and two yeah. other guys lived out of a bunk. Yep. Yeah, hot cot is mm. not a good way to operate. So, right. but back to my back trip. to your trip. Yeah. So you know we left Long Beach. Uh, we kind of wheedled up. There was some traffic. There yeah. was some lane splitting. Which, Good. I'm glad you got to. Which, which was actually just, fun as hell on an FZ09. Yeah. It's legal I felt there. Bad. The other guys were, the other guys were all wider than you are. Yeah. You're the narrowest thing out there. Pretty, pretty brave <clears throat> considering what they had going on. Kevin said he bumped into a couple cars. <laughs> really? I'm like, eh, just keep going, I guess. <laughs> wow. Good for him. Well, I mean, like, he was this wide. I mean, like, Oops. he was yeah. a good uh, over three feet wide across the ass. I was uh, doing some research on that, but and what they said is they're really working hard in California to call it lane sharing. Yeah, but ah, lane uh, filtering. Lane, well, no lane, lane sharing because if you call it lane splitting, there's something derogatory about that. Yeah, they've been calling it filtering. Lately, so, well, we call it filtering when you're working your way up to a red light. You filter yeah. up to the red light through strategic use of illegality. But the uh, but the lane sharing is a great mentality. You get in the mindset of calling it lane sharing, and everybody wants to share. Then you're not as pissed off. Then you're not as pissed off. When I go sharing with you. Yeah. Well, you yeah. figure we had a little under 30 bikes. Right. So if all those bikes had been sitting there yeah. in this traffic, oh, taking yeah. up a car length, it would have just added to the congestion, right. and it would have just been more stupid. Yeah. And we certainly would not like it. But we ended up... Well, in I mean, California, it's one of the few places where they would, they would tell you to, to split. They would... Say, get, well, quit hogging your own lane. Get out there and do your job. Filter. Well, Kevin, yeah, sure. coming back, we had sure. switch bikes, and I had the wide bike, and I, yeah. I was like, Kevin, I have no problem lane splitting on your bike. Right. But, but this, this thing, thing's, yeah. yeah. If we yeah. don't have to, I'd rather not, or we can switch back and you can do it. And I'm like, This mm. Winnebago, yeah. But uh, but we flew through traffic. It was amazing. You know, it's like traffic's backed <laughs> up and just yep. right to the front of the line, right through <clears throat> all the traffic to clear it's it out. glorious California. Bike. Go and every time we did that, that but that was like you know maybe the first twenty minutes till we got out, till we got north. We were heading due north. Yeah, I still do it here. We ended up, uh, <laughs> and if you look north of like L.A., you yeah. the first thing you count, the first green you come to is yeah. the Angeles yeah. National yeah. Forest. Angeles so we took Forest. the uh, Angeles Crest Parkway up through the Angeles Forest, and it was just immediately beautiful, beautiful roads. Guess why California doesn't have any potholes? Because they don't have any bullshit weather. <laughs> so the worst road in California is probably better than anything They don't put have. salt down anywhere. 
You know, and as we got up in there, you know, just like nice, easy twisties and everything. Yeah. And going through a semi-arid environment with, you know, crop formations and trees and, and just, you know, that part was beautiful. And then we cut over on the 58. Yeah. And, like, I wish I could have stopped to take a picture because, like, we went through some of these, like, Green Valley passes that just had... Huge house-sized boulders, like, you know, here and there. Oh, really? I mean, it was like being on a different <laughs> fucking planet. Like, yeah. That was beautiful, you know. That yeah. was a high, little bit of highway. And then we turned off onto this little road, got hooked up. We stopped for lunch at this, you know, rib shack, smoke joint, the red house, whatever, in Tehachapi. Te- Wow. Smoke joint. To Hatchaby, yeah. So by the time we got up, like we started out joint. with nice, pretty decent weather right. down in Long Beach, but yeah. now we had gone, I would say, a good 50 miles north, right. and we had increased in elevation. Oh, yeah. Probably 1,000 to 2,000 feet. Yeah. So by the time we got up into Tehachapi, it was into the 50s. Okay. So we started out like 60 plus, and then we got down into the 50s. And that's when I fell in love with those the heated grips. grips. Because I just I didn't really have winter gloves. They yeah. were just kind of my regular summer riding gloves. And you what, took your touring jacket with you, right? I took my full touring yeah. jacket, which I before this trip I was thinking, man, I should probably get like a, an air jacket or yeah. something like that. And I'm like, I'm not going to spend money just to buy a jacket just for this one trip. Right. Glad I had my full touring yeah. jacket. It, it was exactly what was needed. Right. I had that with out. a fleece jacket underneath it, mm-hmm. so it gave me some. Uh, a little bit of versatility and everything. Yeah. We had fantastic. I've never had beef brisket. It was like the best brief brisket. Really? Brief brisket? <laughs> brief brisket. <It's, laughs> I mean, it didn't, it didn't last that long. That actually sounds <laughs> like the lady was taking the order. You want beef brisket? Yeah. You want brief brisket? <laughs> it was like this Asian, you know, older Asian lady. Running the barbecue shack. See, I didn't thought Scooby-Doo. Didn't like yeah. Brief brisket? Brief brisket. Yeah, brief brisket. Yeah. Yeah. Really? So then yeah, by that time... I mean, to Hatchapi, you're yeah. kind of like in a sort of a plains kind of yeah, feel, absolutely. you know what I mean? Like ranges. But everywhere you go out there, there's <clears> mountains, you know? Yeah. You know? Or hills, at least foothills. And like, you're here, but then you can see at a certain elevation, there's snow. Like, yeah. So you're just, you're riding around and there's snowed capped peaks all around, but you're just, you know. It's so crazy. I, I work with a guy that grew up in California. Uh-huh. And uh, he's like blown away that we're not all legally having to have chains on our tires to ride in the snow. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> he said in California, he's like, well, where I lived, it didn't snow, but where right. I went to school, it snowed. It was right. like an hour and a half bus ride to his school. Right. And they get to the mountain, and the bus driver would have to stop the stop, bus, put chains on. get out, yeah. put the chains on the tires, right. and then continue the trip. And yeah. he said it was the law. Yeah. I talked with some guys about that. And for, first of all, you can imagine the roads. <clears throat> there is not like around, it's not a grid. Yeah. The roads there, you know, where they could make them was through canyon, where there yep. were canyons and stuff. So there, it's either uphill or downhill, and it's not a straight line. It's and a not a lot of curbs. And I think, too, when it does snow up in those elevations, you yeah. get a shit ton. Because right. they were saying, that, like, Big Bear up in Silver, yeah. we had 10 feet of snow, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, those epic kind of just, you get shit hammered, so... Yeah. But so the premier road that we were riding was called the Caliente Bod Fish Road or Bode Fish Road, B O D F I S H. Okay. And we turned so we turned off onto this little secret road that a lot of people don't know about. Yeah. And it was just inter- it was interesting. It was the tightest little squiggly wiggly trip. Like just yeah. you, it was really like first and second gear like that. And I experienced some of that kind of dragging driving around in Pennsylvania yeah. like. You know, like a back of the road. Oh, like yeah. I, my brother did it at the bottom of Seven Sisters, and it was seven hairpin turns. Well, yeah. this was 
probably 40 miles of that. <laughs> like, just being, you know. And one, then, two, one, two, one, two. You had to be a two, little bit careful two. because there was, like, sand, you know, yeah. like, would wash across the road right in the corner. So, you know. But it was cool. See, it was fun. And this was, you said there's 30 bikes that are all being broken in. Thirty on this trip. So who were the other drivers? I mean, these aren't customers. These weren't punters, though. Most of these people were either friends people of, who work there, yeah. friends of the friends. Yeah. I think there were maybe a couple fish. I mean, I know the one guy was the guy who sells helmets, Schumer, Schumer helmets, or Schuberth. 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 German. Schuberth. Expensive. Yeah. So the whole thing Fair. was just I a was break and run. Like, so if Seven hundred dollars. Yeah. yeah. Seven hundred dollars German. Well, we have some discontinued ones that are only about three fifty, three ninety. Well, that's nice. Yeah, that's nice. I probably won't own a Schubert. Right. But exactly. then all this crew, like the guys, they're all wearing Schubert helmets, Schubert yeah. jackets, Schubert this. They're Aerostitch and Schubert guys. Yeah. 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 But they're ready. I'm re- I got it's my old beat up helmets. Fulmer yeah. helmet and Absolutely. everything like that. Oh, they had to be loving you with showing up to your Fulmer. I tried to hide it as soon as I could. <laughs> Put a Schubert sticker over the Fulmer logo. <laughs> right. Yeah. Dude, was... Schul- Fulmer went out of business for a minute and a half, so like, like you'd be like, no, this sh- I'm kicking it old school. Yeah, this is, yeah. <laughs> this is vintage. This Walmart. is vintage Memphis audio. <laughs> what are you guys drinking? Um, I made uh, Dark and Stormies. Dark and Stormies. Oh. Yeah, I made some Dark and Stormies before y'all showed up. So is that a possibility? I can make a Dark and Stormy? Absolutely. All the ingredients are in there. All right, because um, my, my... The lime juice should be out there. And... My IPL and Stormy is empty. So. Yeah, yeah. make yourself a Dark and Stormy. So that road took us all the way up to uh, Lake Isabella, which is a dammed up... It's Actually, I just looked it up. It was one of the most dangerous lakes, dangerous dams in California. What? Apparently, if this lake Isabella pops open or breaks, and it's, it's actually right, and they built the lake on a fault line. Okay, so when so this goes, it's going to flood L.A. It's going to not flood L.A., all of Bakersfield. Like, <laughs> okay. So it'll come right. down and Bakersfield. I was and, thinking there was an adventure movie that needed to be made. Nobody, nobody really cares about Bakersfield, right? It's not that. It, you know, Don't worry, L.A., you'll be yeah, fine. You'll be fine. But yeah. everybody in Bakersfield apparently will get wiped out. They're going to have wet knees. Yeah. Yeah. To the, the point where there's wet actually knees. like... Wipe out the Buck Owens Museum. <laughs> they're actually building, like, they, there's a big project to try to make this thing a little safer. Really? If okay. I was ever a big... Uh, so that was beautiful though it was like a lake town you come up over we came up we crested a mountain then you come up over the top and you just see Lake Isabella down there and the community and you know by this time uh, you know we were getting more mountainous I I just described the whole area as like being sort of like the land of the lost you know where it's kind of trees and stuff but they're kind of spindly and like you know like scrub brush double weeds California I expected a is. stack to come out and shoot at a, any a darning needle at me yeah. at any Well, point. that's probably where they filmed it. I mean... Well, you see all this, you know, Kevin, that's what Kevin said. He's like, you know, you, you see all these things in the movies and right. everything, but then when you come out here, you're like, oh, yeah. That's I recognize that. Oh, yeah, that. that's, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know. I mean, because it's close to L.A. and they're filming in Hollywood, so you, you know you don't go too far to make a movie. So and one of the things I didn't really appreciate, oh, like, when we were, I was flying out there looking down from the plane, yeah. there's a... Fucking lot of desert out there. Like, yeah, there is. Yeah, there's yeah, tons. Like, oh, yeah. like there was hours of flying yeah. over desert, desert, yeah. desert, desert. Yeah, there's desert. plenty out there. <laughs> wow. There's plenty of cheap real estate out there. There's yeah. places where you got to go 200 miles between a gas station. Okay, so recently coming back from California, what am I doing? Yeah. Going on Trulia. Properties oh, yeah. under $50,000. Yes, exactly. How can I retire? How can I have uh, yeah. a place? Well, the, uh, think about it. Vegas was a desert. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly. The only reason anything green exists in Vegas is because they make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. At least up there it was cool because there's like <coughs> Isabella. Yeah. So if you go up, the Same further north really. you go, yeah. there's mountains and the mountains get snow and then there's the melt up so you have oh, rivers. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So basically what we were doing, <coughs> so we, Lake Isabella then turns into the Kern River feeds Lake Isabella 
And so our trip took us up the Kern yeah. River just a little ways, and then that's where we overnighted it at the Kernville Inn, which is just this little rustic inn with cool. several rooms and everything. We had a room with three bedrooms, so, you know. That's pretty neat. We checked in. Then I actually, even after all that riding, everybody, most everybody else, there was a small group that wanted to go further up the river. I did another. Yeah. I did. I'm like, hey, I don't get to do this. So right. I, this is it. No, it's, there's it's, more riding. Let's be, go ahead. I, right. I, I can, can go sit, home I and shovel sit. snow. Yeah. Or I can ride your beautiful roads on a motorcycle I don't own or worry about. Right. With so, heated grips. I did another ride up there, and that was pretty awesome. And that yeah. was kind of that we were flying. That was the like, after dinner ride. That was the before dinner. That was like Jesus Christ. We stopped. We checked in. You guys want to hang out for a little bit before dinner? Go ahead. But we're actually going to do another little ride, a little further north, up wow. the, all the way up the river, past the dam, and yeah. I I did that. And we were kind of flying. That was like oh, I'm going going fast. For a <laughs> this was like the, you know half, the half a dozen guys who like the guys who were leading it right. all. all You're still on on the 800. No, I was on Kevin's. You FZ-09. got back on the 09 I, yeah. I stayed okay. on the FZ09 the whole first day. Sure. I didn't ride that BMW until coming back, and I was like, I got on that thing, and I'm like, what the hell is this? Where's yeah. all the power? I mean, this yeah, is, that's that. I was not. I wouldn't. We had one of those come through the shop when they first yeah. came out, and you were like, "Yeah, that's nothing." And for me, I was a little bit impressed because I really mm-hmm. hadn't ridden. You know, I'm yeah. just used to old bikes and everything. Yeah, I didn't think that bike had anything. But going to that bike, bike yeah. off of Kevin's 100, and I guess it's supposed to be 85 horsepower, but I didn't nah, it feel doesn't like, feel like it. I felt like With I was riding 800. Like, yeah, yeah. I didn't. I, I felt like my my KLR <laughs> was about more or less. It, you know, it didn't seem like it. Certainly isn't. It certainly isn't all that. Every time I've ridden one of those bikes. It's not been enthusiastic to me. It's not been a motorcycle, but I felt like it was fun to have it in a hurry. I will say though that it did do pretty well, mm-hmm. like because coming back, we were we were doing. I mean, the highways out there, yeah. eighty mile an hour. That's just you know, set, you're doing eighty. Oh, it's, we were doing about ninety. Yeah, if you're not doing eighty, go home. On my KLR, that would have been kind of pushing it. Hell yeah, that thing, it was only it was only at about six grand. Yeah. I mean, it, it's so maybe just the gearing is a little. Oh, the FCO nine is pretty amazing. The FCO nine, oh god, it's amazing. That's 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 I was like, the BMW though. I was surprised it did handle highway speeds right. amazingly well, right. you know. So it probably would have been good for just about anything, yeah. but I don't know too. Like those things off road, they're kind of tall, they're like it wants to tip over. Like, yeah, I, they do complain that the first gear on the BMWs is way too high. Way, I think what they're supposed to do in the Goosies did it right, they yeah. put like a creeper gear in and the Goosies. First gear is literally a rock climber, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You could skip first gear most of the time on a V7. So we overnighted. We had a fantastic dinner. The food out there, I mean, I don't—I never had a salad that was that good. And I, and I don't, and I'm like, just like, the lettuce was perfectly green. The yeah. cucumbers were really good. Yeah. And the tomatoes was, were actually red. And they're like, because they just grew them. You can get right. it. They, we're growing this all year yeah. long. And we're growing it in the best possible weather that you can grow it in. And, and they have real Mexicans to pick them. And right. you know, the we Mexicans. don't have that here. The people who pick the food... <laughs> Care about it, yeah, and and for that, I mean, just riding around, like yeah. hunting, you know, you're driving around, it's like, hmm, every just smell after smell. Oh yeah, taco joint, Mexican, Asian. Obviously, everything. didn't go past too many cattle ranches. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> California's full of those too. When you roll by one of those, you know it because you literally can't breathe. Largest you're, producer of milk in the country. Yeah, and your eyes start really? to swell California? shut. Yeah, yeah. 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 took Wisconsin. Oh yeah. I mean, they're. I want to do a trip up north and like wine country. North, yeah. Because <laughs> I, mean, I guess the roads up there are fantastic. Well, are too. My my next trip would be what we did. Yeah. Overnight in Kernville. Yeah. The next day, go another two hundred miles north because that's the. So we were at the very southern tip of the Sequoia National Forest. Right. 
So there were no sequoia trees. There were not. We were just in the southern tip. You got to go way further north, and you know before you get to the redwoods. You can dip in the redwoods in Yosemite and go all the way up to Tahoe. Well, there are. If you look at a map, I mean, there's actually six national forests all lined up, linked right up in a row. I think that's got to be at least 400 miles that you could drive through national forests. It's the greatest place to own a motorcycle in the world. Cleveland Motor Podcast Road Trip. Yeah, I'm all for it, man. We're just going to find a wealthy benefactor. Yes, it's <clears throat> we yeah. need some people to uh, right. That's exactly invest it. in the podcast so well, we can Kevin's, afford to do this. Kevin's yeah. one buddy had like <clears throat> o, has an 06 uh, Interceptor, mm-hmm. and he was talking like, uh, I'm trying to get rid of the Interceptor. I'm like, man, I wish I had it. I want to buy a bike and leave it out here with you. He's like, I got an 06 Interceptor. I'm like, well, unless it's a $500 Interceptor. Right. <laughs> you know what he said? I could uh, maybe. I'm like, what? No way. He's like, it's got 50,000 miles. It's been laid down a couple times. I'm like. Meanwhile, still, I'm like, yeah, okay, we'll see. And then I was talking with Kevin, I'm like, get that intercept. Yes, yeah. it's still in the who cares category. Who cares? Because I mean, for two hundred and fifty five dollar air, air airfare round trip, <laughs> cheaper to go there than it is to go to West Virginia. You know, <laughs> I'm like, you got to thousand dollars. You know, I'm like, sell that that old freaking Suzuki you right. have, or that old Yamaha you right. have. Take, he's like, I can get about five grand for that bike out here. Jesus Christ! I'm like, cash that thing. Cash in. that in. Spend a yeah. thousand on the interceptor and put four thousand in the bank. Exactly. I agree. You have two bikes you can ride anywhere. Anywhere you want. Yeah. That's brilliant. And one for me. Yeah, that's. I was going to say. <laughs> or, but then he not he, to be selfish or anything. You know, he's, but he's friends with a lot of people in the industry. Like he knows <coughs> Ari Henning is. Mm-hmm. You know. And I'm like, somebody comes by and you guys yeah. want to go out. You can it's jump great to have a bike can, to go, yeah. Yeah, if you want to go on a trip, you know. Right. And that's a good bike to be able to Your jump on. Your bike takes a, a shit or something, you got a backup. Oh, I couldn't imagine not having a bike, backup bike. That bike, Crazy. I mean, out there, anybody who rides a motorcycle and doesn't have a motorcycle would just be insane. It's right. like, I can't I can't believe it. Like, yeah. And, you know, but I was shocked, though, because when we got there, we were driving around, riding yeah. around, there weren't a whole lot of bikes out. I mean, it was beautiful. Around here, if the weather was that nice, yeah. there would have been bikes out. Sure. Everybody I think would. they take it for granted out there. I think you're right. They're like, eh, it's this nice all the time. Yeah. I, or, and he said, well, when Kevin was like, well, people are kind of cold. They get cold quick. So 60 degrees, 50 to 60 degrees. They're like, oh. Last Saturday, yes. I had two people ride into my shop on Saturday from Euclid to my mentor store, and it was snowing. Yeah. It was 22 degrees, and it was snowing. And this father and son, the son was riding a Nighthawk 450. The dad was riding a 750 Shadow, and they sh- they drove into the shop to drop Dad's Shadow off for service. Wow. They didn't ride two up home on the Nighthawk, which is what I thought they were going to do. The son just wanted to ride with his dad in the wintertime. Son's like 16, 17 years old. Sure. So if Dad's going to suffer the indignity <clears throat> of riding in the snow, son's going to suffer the indignity too, and they did. And I sold a set of heated grips that day. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> no, I can't say son. enough about heated grips. <laughs> Squirrel. Yeah. Well, my son, the other day, he goes... Dad, when I'm 20. Yeah. When I'm 20. Will you still be able to ride a motorcycle? Oh, listen to him. Yeah. Well, I would And you're like, so. yeah. I think so. He's oh, yeah. 10 now. Yeah, yeah. you got 10 years left. You're like, I yeah, would, you little dick. Come on. So. <laughs> right. Why? Because when I'm 20, I want to get a motorcycle. Yeah. And we, I want to take a trip with you. Perfect. Good man. It's like, oh, that's yeah. awesome. That's the best thing you could ever ask for. My 12 year old. I don't know daughter. why. The, I don't know why yeah. 20. I have no yeah, idea. 20 is mean. probably smart, though. I mean, my, tw- my 12 year old daughter's already asked me, Dad, when can I get a motorcycle? Yeah. And I was like, well, you have to be 16 year old Start and around. you have to have a driver's license. Yeah. 
And she's like, ah. And I'm like, but when you're 14, we can get you a moped. And she's like, yes! So she's like already ready to be And Daddy will be resurrecting you a moped. That's right. I will. I will find the cheapest, beat-ass, $100 moped on Craigslist. possibly make work. So we're going to segue... Wait, I got a whole new segment. No, we don't want to segue. Go ahead. <laughs> the only thing I would say is, uh, you know, day two coming home. Yeah. The remark about that was, we can't woke up in the morning. There was ice on the seats of the bike. Oh yeah. It was like, wow. Okay, yeah. it gets cold. So nice and warm in the day, but gets really cold at night. Yeah. We came yeah. home. Uh, Kevin and I were just going to try to blow home, but then I saw this one road when I was looking at it that went right along the Charlotte <coughs> River. Oh, yeah. And that was 27 miles of twisties. That wow. was actually the best, ended up being the best part of the whole trip. That was Jesus. the best road. I would, if I was going back, I would ride that road again. Yeah. Again, heat of grip saved my life, and that was the one place where I almost died. Uh, yeah. What happens there is you get some runoff, yeah. and it runs across the runs road. Runs across the road. Yeah. It gets cold. It freezes. The yeah. sun comes up. Oh, yeah. it, it melts rather quickly. Yeah. Except where there's trees leaving a shadow. Shadow equals uh, ice. And I think that's what happened. I mean, I was, I was, I was actually taking it leisurely. I was not following Kevin or anybody else. I was taking it at my own little speed. It's yeah, good. So I was going a little slower, and I was trying. We stopped a half a dozen times to take pictures and stuff. And I came out of a corner, and it kind of straightened out, and I was just rolling on the throttle, not whacking, and I just yeah. rolled on, and all of a sudden, whoa! It went sideways like this. <laughs> you yawed. I put, I, I, I put, I you know, dabbed my foot. You dabbed your foot down. Immediately, you know, I got off the throttle real yeah. quick, dabbed my foot, and it came back in line. And I was just like, oh. that was a motocross save. Was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, I yeah. thought you were going down. I was just like, oh, I didn't want that to happen on this trip. Right. Yeah, so but like, oh. foot out. It was the right. Uh, I did that. Right I stopped. Answer. We pulled over. Took some pictures and everything. And, you know, and, you clean know. your drawers. Well, yeah. that was that was the only time when I really... washed the brown spot off the yeah. seat. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and the other other remarkable thing about the day two was flying down. So that we went down that little road, then it came onto the one seventy eight, which is a little faster, probably fifty mile an hour. Sweepers. But, but you're on. You know, the canyon is like this, like you know, steep canyon wall, and you're riding along the left hand wall. Oh, cool. So it's not, you know, there's a creek down here with boulders yeah. and everything. So, you know, the right-handers aren't bad. There's canyon yeah. there, you know. If you slide the off the road, those left-handers, though, there's, like, nothing. It's a drop-off. Wiley you know? Coyote over there. Yeah. And I, you know, we're going down there. I feel like we're carrying the mail pretty good yeah. and everything. <laughs> you know, I'm not really paying much attention. I'm out in front. I'm just trying to keep a good pace, you know, so Kevin's not like, oh, my God, I'm stuck by Mr. Slowpoke. Yeah. And I look up, and there is a 1985, 80-something 80, mm-hmm. beat the shit Ford Explorer on my fucking license. Oh, really? Plate. I'm like, oh. I'm like, I wouldn't. I'm like, right. ah, obviously. And it, so there's turnouts yeah. everywhere. So I pull, and I turn Take out a turn the next out. turn. And he's like, bam, bam, bam. You know, I'm like, hey, sorry, dude. Right, yeah. I don't know. I was, I was just focused on the road in front of me. I wasn't looking at And he's rocker to rocker, probably. I'm like, dude, yeah. this guy obviously drives the Grand Canyon Road every day. Every day. day and <clears throat> not, yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to enjoy my ride. You had to come along and try to get where you were going. Well, I just felt bad that I didn't even notice he was back there. No. I look and there's, whoa. And he's probably <laughs> probably shouting at his steering wheel. Another one of these fucking bikers comes up here. I gotta get to work. Get yep. out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> but there were a lot of uh, there were a lot of crosses and stuff like yeah. that along the road. Yeah. I mean, if you look up Kern Canyon Road, you get images of people like cars flipped over down yeah. the, the 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 creek and stuff. It would be real easy to hit, turn a beautiful, wonderful sixty degree and sunny day into oh helicopter ride. A helicopter <laughs> ride. Yeah. Helicopter ride. 
Don't close out your day with a helicopter ride ever. So yeah, that's the. Uh, so did you have something you want to say, Chris? Before we get well, into our segment, topic? It, uh, I it, what it's February twelfth. Yeah. I in two thousand sixteen, I bought gas for one twenty five nine a gallon yeah. this week. Yeah. Wow. And I think it's it's going you know, back you up. You should yeah, you should have uh, people shoot into the show what they're getting gas for because no. I don't know that. Uh, no, because even in California, I was paying less than two bucks a gallon. Well, it was three twenty six yeah. when we were three twenty six. Yeah, yeah, it's coming but, back up. But one twenty five. I yeah. mean, I was really surprised that I haven't seen that in. Oh yeah, I can't tell you. It's ridiculous. Years. I was pissed when I went to work the other day. On my way to work, I needed gas really bad. I paid one thirty five. Yeah. Right. On my way home, I looked at the same gas station. It was one twenty five. Yeah. Uh-huh. I was like, shit. Yeah. Well, you know, fortunately, my car only takes fourteen, uh, or actually sixteen gallons of gas. I put fourteen in. So when it's uh, anything under two fifty, I don't care what the price is. If it's <coughs> under two fifty, thanks, Obama. Louis, what? Oh, that's not my job. Well, either way, it's, it's, it's just pump that jacket. Well, because I, I got a cat and I don't want it to mark my jacket. I don't think he will, but I don't know. I mean, that's my jacket. Okay, I don't care. If Dustin's got cats too. But he's he's smelling my cats. I've never known Louis to mark anything. Be careful because you're close to Hoffer, and Hoffer's deadly allergic to cats. He's not deadly allergic to you. <laughs> like you know, they come right up. Right. They'll come right up to you. You are too sweet. So we're going to talk about heated grips and we're going to talk about heated stuff because as John said, they saved his life. And, I'm definitely uh, buying heated grips. Yeah. That's, that's on my list. I think that's the best invention they've ever It really is. Bike. It's the greatest thing to hit motorcycling in a long time. However, there's a lot of question marks regarding heated grips and heated gear in general. Right. And the biggest problem uh, is... Oh, Kevin gave me a fair, pair of Gerbing gloves. Oh, he did? Just gave, Just gave got, me. I got two pair. I'm really not going to need them out here. Oh, my God. Listen to that. Um, <laughs> what I'm going to do is, in the show notes, I'm going to put up this amazing article written by a guy named John uh, Swiatek. John who did? John Swiatek. No, that's my... That, but he really did a great job of calculating uh, different motorcycles and how much wattage and amperage. I think Hopper got the same thing. Oh, great minds. You took yeah, you put two monkeys in a, t- in a room with enough typewriters, you'll eventually type the same shit. Uh, Have you ever seen the one with the uh, speed versus temperature versus what you actually feel the temperature yeah. is? That that, that's pretty fascinating. Yeah, he's got yeah. You got it right there. Yeah, he's got the same one, the same spreadsheet I did. Uh, the biggest thing, and I'm going to let Steve just riff on this for a while, but uh, if your motorcycle's old, like from the '70s old, you're going to want to really, really pay attention to this because unless your motorcycle is, uh, if your motorcycle's modern, you got a little bit to play with. Okay, any kind of modern motorcycle. Unless it's a V-Strom, in which case you're fucked. Terribly sorry for your luck, but you don't have a lot of electricity, electri- electri- extra, extra electricity to play with. They've actually actually increased. Yeah. The new V-Stroms yeah. are 400 watts. Yeah. Watts. Extricity? Well, the old ones had about 135 watts left over to play with. So what I'm going to say before I hand it off to Steve is I have uh, added heated grips to a lot of my motorcycles. And at the shop, we use a company called Coso which is you know under 70 bucks or so, and they make that multi-button. It's four different heat levels. And the, uh, those COSO grips, I tested them today. They advertise that they draw uh, 45 watts, and on the highest setting, they drew 40 watts. They test it out, and I tested them. They draw 40 watts on the highest setting. 
The highest setting is so hot that you kind of almost can't put your hands on. So I think they probably put that higher wattage rating on there for right. just to protect to their protect asses. themselves, right? Yeah. And then it's also it a little five watt buffer. has a lot to do with kind of how thick the wires you're hooking it up to is a big part of it too. And thickness of wire, we'll talk about that. But at the low setting, which is where I normally run my heated grips, the Kosos were at 20 watts. So 20 watts is very small. The good news is 20 watts is really, really small. So um, I did some experimentation today. And if you're riding a 1974 Honda CB750, would anyone like to guess how many watts you have in the entire system? Two <laughs> uh, it's, I know it's very low. Yeah. In the uh, entire system, all the watts that the, oh, that the charging system is putting out, 95. Not, not left over. No, no, no. This is the uh, entire menu items. More or less than 50. Well, it's. Let's, it's well, how many you have left in reserve? Uh, oh, wait, wait how many you have say, left or how many you have in total? Okay, well, here's left. Let's just put it this way. I'm going to tell you that that motorcycle produces at maximum output. At voltage regulator, which is the, the a mechanical, selenium. A mechanical, mechanical voltage. voltage regulator. Yep, exactly. At maximum tick, it is only putting out 19 more watts than the motorcycle needs to run. Okay. <clears throat> okay? So when you have your turn signals on, you are losing the game. That is the, the name of the game. Turn signals and a brake light? You're when you have turn signal and brake light on, you're losing the game. When you are going <laughs> down the road at 5,000 RPM... You have only 19 watts more than you need to run the motorcycle. So at idle, you're running a deficit. At idle, you're running yeah. a deficit. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. I mean, that's and, actually most cars, too. Well, no, I mean, even most I, modern I've cars I've at idle. They're, at idle, they're not bad. But most most the, uh, modern motorcycles right. are actually now charging at idle. At idle. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they're Most modern motorcycles are charging yeah. at idle. But maybe at 60%. <coughs> Yeah. 50 to 60% and, uh, of their An SV650 is. is 275 watts at 5,000 RPM. Compare that to the uh, CB750, which was about 95 watts. So the SV650 is 275 watts. That CB750 was about 95 watts. So, so don't put heated grips under CB750. No, can't do it mm-hmm. under any circumstances. Now, well, one of the things you might be able to make it up if you, you get a Mike's uh, Honda. There, well, we're talking about, yeah, we'll talk about that. Stators, yeah, there's a lot of things you can do to modify the old bikes. Now, when we talk about this, we're going to be bringing up these terms a lot, but you should know that just because they tell you or we tell you, look in your owner's manual to find out how many watts your stator is putting out, your alternator is putting out. I today did some experimenting and looked in a few owner's manuals. It is not easy to find. Um, so do not think that if we tell you to look in your owner's manual, you're going to be able to pop open your owner's manual and see what wattage you have to play with. That's not the case. I'd be more likely to look on the internet. You'll have to look on the internet. You'll have to look up a service manual. You'll have, you won't have you will find it in your owner's manual all the time. I checked about six different bikes today that we had at the shop, various vintages, looked in the owner's manual, tried to find the... Um, it tells you that the bike has an alternator. It tells you that it's three-phase. It tells you that it's 12 volts. But it doesn't tell you what your output is. I don't know if they're just trying to keep you away from the truth or what. I well, don't it know. seems like the older bikes, that information is not available. Right, exactly. If the newer the bike, the more likely you are to be able to find out what your yeah. alternator output is. Right. Well, all that information is available on the Internet. Yeah, It is, but it's, it's there. It's, you just have to find it. I'm yeah. just saying it's difficult yeah. to find 
like I was looking for gold wings just right. because I wanted to put I, I mean sure. I added a few extra ones in here yeah. to this list because right. I thought well of different bikes we used mm-hmm. and it was very I, and I happen to know that the gold wing the 86 or the 85 gold wing LTD puts out 635 watts right. that's I know that because that's what that's the stator that I replaced on that KLR part. only puts out 238 watts. I was gonna say because I really want to put grips on my KLR. Only 238 watts. Mm. That's not very much. Is that I don't though? 238. <laughs> like, 238. Yeah. What, I mean, what does it use? Like KLR 650. Yeah. 238 watts. Yeah, but How the, much does it use though? Well, that's that's what we're gonna talk about. Where your spare is. Because 238s kind of seems like a... Hold on, Dustin. The new Steve's going to explain it. All right. So I have, I have all these Steve's, Steve's got the list. So, if you listen so, to this podcast, you'll learn everything you want to know about this. I loved it. But this is for a new bike with good connections right. and no issues with any of your electrical system. Mm-hmm. But they, but on most carbureted bikes, they did an average of carbureted bikes, and they use the, the load, the standing load, like without any additional accessories, is 195 watts. On a fuel-injected bike, it's 285 watts. And a fuel-injected bike and any bike that is equipped with a fuel <laughs> pump is going to have a fuck lot more draw. Right. And if your fuel filter is dirty, your fuel pump is going to draw almost twice as much. So you said good connections. What are you talking about there? Like resistance? Well, because resistance. Bad connections and resistance is what kills you. And if you <clears> look at... You'll lose impedance on corroded connections. Right. And if you look at the gauge of where you're using, DC is a whole different beast than AC. Absolutely. So your some connections, and you have to look at the total length of the wire. You don't look at just the wire going just from your battery no, no, his hat. to the device that you're using. You have to look right. at the, the return loop. Right, because it may go from your battery. You your, your no, DC has a, has a return, mm-hmm. whereas an alternator works or an alternating current works in back and forth. So you might be able to do some things. Alternating current's a pulse method. Right. Yeah. So I guess it doesn't matter. Does it matter whether you ground it through a wire back to the battery or ground it through the bike? It's still going to almost go the same distance. With AC, ground is ground. Maybe more conductivity, though, running through a solid steel frame than that little green wire. Well, the but I guess if it was any better, how would it done? It, it depends too, also on the the frame connections, right? And a lot of Hondas use frame connections for their lights, right? And rust and, and they paint. Have single, yeah, and single line going to your lights. You look at all the old Hondas; they have a single light or a double two two wires going to the light, and the the fixture itself is grounded to the frame and goes back to the whatever. I tend so, to always want to ground everything to raw metal on the frame. Like yeah. any anytime I'm doing a custom wiring system, well, like the tail light though, it grounds the frame. It's grounded by via a wire, right? But your turn signals are your turn signals are a single wire. I mean, on the older Hondas, are are grounded through the through the actual frame of the body, right? But the corrosion adds resistance, and resistance to, uh, increases the amount of wattage that you're pulling sure. through that whole bike. So. Unfortunately, or fortunately for me, just as an example, I received uh, the Ural from from Phil this week, and I checked all. I, it has a few electrical issues, but the draw <laughs> just little minor. Just, just, but just, the, the draw like itself, the calculated 
and, and I mean the the actual measured draw right. is 135 watts. Yeah. With the, you turn the ignition on, yeah. the measured draw is 135 watts. Right. Well, the you when you look at the voltage, it depresses the voltage by a half a volt right when you turn it on. Right. <clears throat> so the it's got parasitic loads. It's and and so one of the major problems with bikes when you start working with your electrical system is the gauge of wire that you use from your main from your battery to any of the connections and you have to think of it like water water and electricity are, are very similar water pressure is voltage and the amount of water going through a pipe is your amperage and Johnny Chrome is staring at me he's are you yell at me <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, if you so, think about electric like water, right. if you have a one inch pipe, only so much water can throw it. Right. So if you have you know twenty gauge pipe, wire, right. only so much current can go through it so right. fast. Yep. Right. If you have a bigger pipe, if you have a two inch pipe, more water can go through it. And if you go with a higher gauge, a thicker gauge wire, more current. It's and there's less. But if resistance. you get a little right. tiny pipe, and you want more water to go through it, you up the pressure. Tons of pressure. Well, because right. so you well, you're, you're also missing impedance. Uh, your ohms, but well, the problem is it, with the back pressure, which would be head. Um, right. Like when you consider water, it's called head pressure. Right. right yeah. As the head pressure increases, or head the pressure. impedance, or the right. resistance increases in your wire, yeah. it reduces your voltage exactly. because the resistance goes up. So yeah. your voltage goes down, and your amperage goes up. Yeah. So the higher the amperage can cause the low voltage, high amperage. Can uh, cause component failure, Absolutely. and it does cause well, excessive smoke heat. Leak, as you right. say, it's, it's smoke leakage. Smoke leakage. Smoke leakage. Smoke You might be able to accomplish something by like <coughs> a wire that goes from your starter solenoid right. usually goes right to the fuse block. Mm-hmm. So, like replacing that with a little heavier gauge wire, and then right. like replacing some, you know, replacing a few crucial pieces of wiring yeah. with a little heavier gauge might buy you a little bit of. That I don't think there's mm-hmm. that I worked on. Yeah. That suffered from undersized wire yep. to certain components, yep. like the starter solenoid right. had an undersized wire. It had a, a, a number of places where it actually needed bigger wire. Yeah. Yep. And That's if it, exactly right. it was replaced, it two or three inches of heavier, of heavier gauge wire may have, may actually help out a lot. Absolutely. I've I've kind of always functioned on. The theory of it's never bad to use heavier wire, and it is well, and that's you know because because your components aren't going to just no. sort of, oh I have heavier wire no. I'll generate more power no no it's it'll just true. the wire will survive and when you are talking about added heated components when we're talking about adding do any accessories that you're going to add to your system and now we can just I mean I've heard somebody talking recently about well you know you're adding a GPS system you're adding this you're adding that. We're going to put this in the show notes, but realistically, you know, a lot of that stuff is 5 watts, 10 Small watts. Small handheld electronics, yeah. are, they're running None out. of that stuff, just to kind of give you guys a real breakdown fast. They really only run on 5 volts. Well, you know. Most of your cell phones and all that are uh, tops 9 watts. Well, here, we're going to read it to you. We'll just give them to the whole thing. A radar detector is between 1 and 3 watts. A cell phone's 1 to 5 watts. A laptop computer's 40 to 60 watts. Auxiliary lighting... Can be 35 to 100 watts. That's incandescent. Unless it's a gold wing, it okay. can be up to 100 watts. Right. <laughs> <Or as laughs> he, see, with a laptop. Well, I mean, if it's a gold wing, what's the expressor maker cost? 60 watts 
Yeah. Is that 40 to 60 watts at 120? Right. And then when you convert it down to 12, using to an inverter 12 or your like amperage is much higher than what you would think. Well, would the be. biggest thing is heated garments. Heated garments, 55, 35 to 77 watts. So when we talk about adding things to our motorcycles, let's just keep on track. We're in, the, in this podcast, we're talking about heated garments. We're talking about heated items because heat is the most expensive thing. When you're putting, when you're robbing electricity, there's three ways to rob electricity. It's really expensive. The most expensive way is to turn electricity into heat. Yep. The second is electricity into light. The third is electricity into sound. So if you're turning your electricity that you're paying for, the form of your gasoline, that you're turning in your little portable uh, electrical power plant that you're riding around on that turns gasoline into awesomeness. Because that's pretty much exactly what it is. That's what it is. And the awesomeness is heat, light, sound, and, of course, broom going down the road. Noise. Okay, noise, exactly. Kinetic motion. All my motorcycles are just motion. Right. So, <laughs> I don't... Really... And the desired, you know, the lights you might need. If you're going to put heat on this vehicle, you're talking about 35 to 75 watts on average. Let's make the takeaway be... So we don't have to get into minutia talking about cable thicknesses. Do not tack your heated vest or heated gloves or heated grips directly into your parking lamp circuit because it happens to be on anytime the key's on, which is strung with 18 22 gauge wire. Okay? That thin wire, which is designed to support a 5 watt or 10 watt parking lamp, will all of a sudden be loaded to run a 45 set of watt heated grips. Congratulations, you were smart and you used a switched power outlet. You're not like my dumbass who ran his power for his heated grips directly to his battery on thick wire. Now, granted, my dumbass left the switch on and killed my battery as fast as my heated grips could use it. Some of them, like the Oxfords, have a battery. Exactly, and we're going to talk about that. I got a part number here in my little notes for Oxford's uh, awesome power controller you can buy for 49 fucking dollars. So for $49, you can put an Oxford heater controller on your motorcycle, plug whatever you want into it, and if you walk away from your motorcycle, it automatically shuts off. As soon as the voltage drops. As soon as the voltage drops below 13.2 or some nonsense. Yeah, right. shuts right I off. I think another thing you could look at, right. and which is what I do on my bikes, yeah. is I replace all my bulbs with LEDs. That's And so you're going from 7-watt bulbs mm-hmm. to 1-watt bulbs. Yeah. And now today, I just saw a Gila... A re- headlight replacement kit for H4s. Yeah. And you go from 55 watts down to 14 watts. Now so that's, that, that's that, a game changer. Right. That that's gives you enough to put your heated vest up. Yep. Yeah. Now, do you have to put, do you have to change like uh, any resistors or anything <coughs> to wire in the LEDs or? No, no what they, they, what they, they come pre wired? Everything is pre wired. And okay. what this is, is if you have an eight, like, <coughs> a, like, a, like a BMW, like, an, like a vintage bike yeah. with a, like a, a Seal beam, like yeah, uh, big ass seal whatever. beam. Yeah. You can, uh, they make a light kit. Right. It's a glass kit that sure. goes in there. It's a bulb. Mm-hmm. It's, it's actually the glass bulb, and you could put a standard. You could put a standard put uh, like a halogen if you want. Yeah, we sell those at the shop. We take a seal beam and turn it into yeah. a replacement. We bulb. sell them at the right. shop. They're very inexpensive. You can buy them for a five inch bulb. You can buy them for a seven inch bulb. You know, we have many different sizes of all the popular cafe racer or vintage motorcycle sizes that used to be an incandescent bulb. Hard to replace. Now we got a little thing that holds an H4 fixture. So you can save right there on. That's fantastic. As an example for that, yeah. you're all. Yeah. You save 30. 35 you know, watts right there. 35 Boom. watts yeah. with that. Yeah. And then every bulb, since it's got four 7 watt bulbs, yeah. Yeah. you could save another. Oh, yeah. 
40. Plus, go to your LED brake light. Your LED brake light's going to save you another 20 watts right there. So you're right there just on lighting alone, and that using the Ural as an example, on that, by switching over to LEDs for your headlight, your turn signals, or tail light, you bought 55 watts. Which and you're still functional and brighter. And on Honda CB750s, on old C70s, on pretty much on the older bikes that really didn't have any reason to add additional, I mean, they right. didn't even think about adding no. additional accessories. <clears throat> For the size of a CB750 headlight, it looks like a freaking front end of a train locomotive. Right. It just is not that bright, right? I've no. ridden them at night, and oncoming headlights, you're not, you're not overcoming much. I mean, if you're out on the road by yourself, that's probably pretty good, but as soon as there's other light coming at you, you're not those old incandescents. You feel like yeah. you're riding into a shadow with its standard head. charging system too. Like trying to throw an H2 into those, right. it's just like sapping the system. Oh yeah. If you put a real, if you put a real H4 or a real halogen bulb, or, I'm sorry, I said H2. When I, when I do H4. that, when I do that kit for people <clears throat> and I throw those on, it's <clears throat> barely lighting the bulb. And you know, I'm not a fan of lithium polymer right. batteries, right? But in Certain cases, I could see adding a lithium polymer battery right. because the uh, power density is much higher. Sure. Right. And you might be able to throw that battery in. Oh, well, you're that's talking what about I was thinking. You could get away you with it. You could throw I'd fire same, my grips uh, up every once and turn them on and off and cycle them on and off. Enough to heat my hands up and yeah. then turn them off just because yeah. I know that it's killing my battery. Once I'm comfortable, I let them go for a while. I just... Don't run them the whole time, and it, right. it's not going to run your system. Yeah, and right. what I was saying is if you, you added a lithium polymer battery with a higher... Uh, amp hour rating yeah, absolutely. that you'd be able to maybe use of some of these accessories yeah. that, you know, for a longer period of time without killing your battery or being able to go some distance right. uh, by using them. And with the vintage guys, I mean, especially with the vintage Hondas, <clears throat> uh, there is Mike's Honda yeah. out, I think he's at what, San Francisco? I think so. Northern yeah. California, somewhere like that. He does uh, make stators and voltage regulators and you don't. Everything. So Rick's Rick's Motorsport. Oh, Rick's. Rick's Thank Motorsport. you. I said Mike's. Yes, I meant Rick's. Yes, yeah, Rick's Motorsport. Right. Yeah, Mike's XS. Six fifty stuff. Yeah. Rick's Motorsport. For the Honda, it's Rick's Motorsport. It's Rick's electric stuff. Right? Yeah. And Rick's electric. But he makes stuff that will drive the the brighter headlights. And, oh, he'll make you stators. He'll make you a stator for your whatever Honda you've got. And I put those on VT eleven hundreds because they're they're obnoxiously <clears throat> low. Yeah. You would think that a motor like that, you'd put in a, a nice stator so you can no, accessorize, and they did not do that. The numbers that we saw, the more research that I did, and when I saw how much amp available additional surplus wattage there was, it was really disgusting that these motorcycles, for the number of companies that sell accessory items, and the worst thief of all of them are the stereo kits. The radio kits. Because when you look at that, people are talking about, oh, well, I want to listen to music on my motorcycle. Well, I the smallest amp I could find was 250 watts. Well, I didn't find a single motorcycle in my entire list that had 250 watts to spare. A Goldwing so, would. Goldwing. That's the only one. Right? Watts, but, right. but you also have to look at it. The bigger the alternator, <coughs> the more power you're riving, mm-hmm. too, because you're, you're losing seven, every 746 watts mm-hmm. is a horsepower. Right, one horsepower is equal to seven hundred. And, and the points. gold wings, the old gold wings, uh, they drove me crazy because the, the volt, some voltage regulators are off on, mm-hmm. so the alternator's not even drawing anything no. while it's it's in the off state. Well, it's in the off state. They just it's shut not. the ground. Gold wings are ridiculous. What they have is uh, the voltage regulator 
uh, either charges your battery and your accessories, mm -hmm. and if it doesn't have the wattage load uh, to the maximum wattage of the alternator, it dissipates it in heat. So your alternator is constantly running at its maximum load. So your alternator is running at maximum to either power accessories or basically... Or it shuts it the ground and makes heat. A mobile... No, it shuts no, it through the, shunts the, shunts the heat sink. Yeah. The, the, oh, the thing's about two by it's a room heater. three. Wow. It's an electric it's, room heater. It's a heat yeah. sink and yeah. it just heats. Yeah, it creates It's ridiculous. Heat. To shunt electricity that's so not So you can have nothing on, not even connected. And it's if you have nothing have on and your lights are off and everything is off, it's, it it's generates 500 it's watts of heat right next to your leg, too. Yeah. <laughs> so it's going to rob you of that much power, a couple just, horsepower. When you're not using electricity, you're creating heat. Mm -hmm. So either enjoy it in the form of toys. So you might as well put a lot of bullshit on your wheel. Right. Otherwise, you're going to get a hot leg. If you don't have enough accessories turned on, your leg's going to burn. And that's another really example right. of um, why checking your connections on older bikes yeah. is so important. They have a three-phase alternator. There's three wires coming three off wires. that alternator, and those GL1200s mm -hmm. have a connector uh, right underneath the side cover uh, coming up on the, the left-hand side of the bike mm -hmm. or the port side of the bike. And that connector starts corroding, and yeah. as soon as it corrodes, it, the amperage goes up on it, and it Melts blows it. out a leg. It'll blow out one leg, yeah. or it may bl blow out all the legs and of I that alternator. You. And when you yeah. test it, your voltage is not, you w won't charge anyone. You have to drop the motor to replace that stator. Right. So. And we're going to put some notes in here. It's very, very simple to test. In fact, Rick's, uh, Rick's Motorsports, Rick's Power Sports, uh, he does a great video using a Honda Magna where he shows you how to actually test your stator. So using a, the world's cheapest Harbor Freight free multimeter, he'll show you the correct way to check, check your uh, three-phase wire connection pole to pole so you can make sure that your, uh, amp, your alternator is working great. And uh, we'll put that in the show notes as well. It's very simple, but it's real easy because when you rev the motorcycle up, your AC voltage should climb as well. It'll go up to, you know, 60, 70 volts. Uh, it's about 15 to 20 volts per t uh, 1,000 RPM. So that's a good way for you to just instantly check to see whether or not your alternator is putting out what it should be because all these things we're talking about are assuming that your charging system is working correctly. Because if it's not, you, you know, you take the side cover off your motorcycle and your stator is any color other than fresh. Um, it's probably not putting out what it should be. You know, right, when staters get bad, they get black. A lot of times, it's a good idea. They sell um, small indicators of voltage indicators for your bike. Ginger beer. And some of them don't even have In numbers the on them. They don't need to have a number. They can have a... a or there's ginger They have a, a green light, a yellow light, and a red light. Right. And so you hook this into your electrical yep. system and put it someplace. You can put it any place you want. I found three light, different ones. Uh, I found... First Gear has a product called a heat troller, and their heat troller is $69.95, and that operates as two things. One, it operates as a rheostat, essentially. Don't use the term rheostat when you're talking about heat, but it essentially is. Potentiometer. It's a potentiometer, right. And its whole job is to control how much power is going into your accessory so your heated vest doesn't burn you to death or off. But it also functions as a voltmeter so that if your draw gets too high or your load... Um, your available voltage gets too low, it will shut off the accessory completely. It's like a regular. Yep. So it's not. So you're not going to have to push the motorcycle home because you enjoy heat. 
The Oxford one is by far the coolest one I've seen. <coughs> they call that the V8 heat controller. The intelligent um, controller. Yeah, the, inte- the Oxford heaters with the Z mm-hmm. V8 heat controller. It's designed to work with pretty much... That's what I like about the Oxford stuff is they're not proud. They're not like Gerbing or any of these other companies where they only work with each other's components and connectors. Yeah. The Oxford shit is like... They'll work with anybody. Well, that's what I was wondering. I have those Gerbing gloves, yeah. but it doesn't have the controllers. Well, really. the Oxford stuff has the standard SAE plug that anybody who's ever used a battery tender right. type device already has on their motorcycle. Those SAE plugs are pretty ubiquitous in the motorcycle world. You know, whatever you own, you can plug it into that. Whereas the Deutsch connectors and some of the uh, German stuff, what's the is, what's the trade name of that BMW connector? Is it a Deutsch connector? I always called them Deutsch connectors, but. It's yeah, like a bullet. Yeah, it's, yeah you stick. Yeah. It's uh, got so, a ring around the outside, yeah. and a, it's looks like a like bizarre a, RCA plug. Yeah, yeah. it's it almost just, like a. I was gonna say, isn't it just like a two and a half millimeter? Yeah, similar it's a, to an RCA jack plug. But that's the BMW like connector, the official BNR. And I sell at the shop. We sell the connectors to go from your uppity BMW into your more affordable battery tender, <laughs> so you can now have a twelve dollar cable to go from expensive to cheap. Uh, what I, I just put cigarette lighter connectors right everywhere. <laughs> Those they're huge. They're reliable. Yeah, yeah. I had settled on the Oxford. If you get the Oxford Sport Bike Kit, mm-hmm. it has the four position. Yeah, intelligent controller. Yeah, and it was like sixty-seven dollars yeah. plus nine dollars shipping off of Amazon. Yeah, Mike, that's probably what I'm going to get. Yeah, you can you talk know, to your local that? motorcycle you dealer. Like motor motor but I wanted to check with my motorcycle <laughs> yeah. dealer before I went to Amazon because. <clears throat> Being a friend of the family. We have an account with them, so... You know, I thought maybe I could get the wholesale mm-hmm. price or something like you that. You should. Believe me. What, what is that? Does that monitor wattage? Um, the way... I'm not sure if it monitors wattage, but I do know that it does have a shutoff. So that does... If you leave your stuff turned on, it will shut it off. Definitely going to a switched circuit is paramount. Um, do not do what I did. Go to a switched circuit. But... Go to a switch circuit that is on a 30 amp fuse. You know? Yeah, always fuse. Right. And then some people have talked about a relay. Like yep, maybe absolutely. A relay with an additional fuse block yep. out yeah. on the outside of the yep. relay would work too. They do. They have one that has the, oh God, I can't remember the name of the company, but it's safe, warm and safe or safe and warm. They've been pioneering heated vest technology for 20 or 30 years now. And they actually have a controller that has the relay built into it. And it fits in your pocket, and all their heated clothing has a little pocket on it, so you can put the controller there. It's got the knobs built right into it. It's got the relay built right into it, so everything is remote. So you're basically plugging into an SAE connector using those nice heavy gauge wires, and then you've got everything controlled with you. You can go bike to bike with your outfit. You can take your gear, and you can go anywhere. I could buy one of those 12-volt exit sign batteries and hook it up and put it in my jacket, and when I get off my bike, I'm still wearing heated clothes. Uh, that's, not at, that's not just far-fetched. There's many companies now that do strongly recommend, with the new LiPo batteries, that you can take one of these very light LiPo batteries that weighs about 6 or 7 ounces. Don't even tap into your bike. You can run <clears> your <throat> heated gear for 45 minutes to an hour. Wow. You just get on one of those security system right. batteries. On a LiPo battery. You can light on fire and be uh, like a Lowe's or Home no, Depot. You don't want to use security system, you don't want to use security <clears throat> system battery. And here's why. Because the security system battery is designed only for low low. Okay? Whereas the LiPo batteries actually has enough uh, amperage in there to crank your motorcycle, which has enough amperage to power your heated gear. Mm-hmm. 12 volts at you know f- when you're at 4 amp hours or something like that is not enough to generate the heat that we need with Ohm's Law to get these heating circuits to fire, to, to run power. 
you'll have 12 volts, but you don't have enough amperage to get your 45 or 50 watts. So that's an important thing. If you're going to try to do that setup and be totally modular, make sure the battery that you're using has enough amperage so that you can run your 45 watts getting your 12 uh, volts. Because we know with Ohm's Law, in order for us to get 45 watts out of 12 volts, we need to have at least 4 amps. So. What if I want to use a power inverter and just plug a heating pad in there <laughs> and put it on my chest? But then the inverters may be only 85 percent. 85 percent. right there. That's right. That's right. 15 percent right there. Yeah. Yeah. 4.2 volts, three and a half probably watts. Probably not. Yeah, 0.5 You're always better off to never convert if you can. Not, yeah. If you could possibly not convert. Right. If you DC at short distance is more efficient. Right. So is but that, over distance, so those long distance. Running, those are all running on DC. Yes. Yep. Yeah. All these heated products are all DC. Yeah. They're all DC. They're all DC based. That's um, so cool. The the biggest thing with all this stuff is what no matter what system you decide to do, here's a good way you can test it. If you're not certain, if you can't find the amperage or the wattage weighting of your charging system or your motorcycle, here's a great way to do it. Hook up your battery tender. I'm not your battery tender. Your Harbor Freight free voltmeter. So you got your Harbor, oh the one you always get the coupon. That's for. right. You get the coupon for it's free. So, and it's not just the source of cheap 9-volt batteries. That is a device. So hook that up to your battery on your motorcycle, okay? It's going to say 12.6 volts or whatever. Now you got your motorcycle running. Your motorcycle's running. Now let's just say it says 13.4 volts your motorcycle's running. That's great. So now, contact the manufacturer of the heated device you want to buy, or read the box, or go online, and find out, okay, I want to do the, I want the heated grips, and I want the heated vest. So between the heated grips and the heated vest, I know I got 145 watts I got to pay for. All I have to do at this point is find 140 watts, something, somewhere, and hook a 140 <coughs> watt draw up to my battery on my motorcycle. Okay? So I can do that with anything. That's a lot of watts. I can do that with two headlight bulbs. Okay? Headlight bulbs, we know headlight bulbs are about 55 watts a piece. One amp yeah. right. equals 100 watts. 100 watts. Yeah. Yeah. So the whole goal is if I take two or three bulbs and hook them up and I look at my voltage meter and if my voltage meter is diving, right, then I know that my system cannot support what I want to put on. I didn't have to buy the gear to find out the gear doesn't work. Right. I was able to simulate the load of the gear by using something that's expensive like bulbs. So I mean I'm sure I'm sure somewhere bulbs. in your garage you got three extra headlight bulbs hanging around. Hook them up, <clears throat> hook them to the battery, create that 150 watt draw, and see what your voltmeter says. If your voltmeter is taking a dive, then you can't support that product. You need to you need to get a more powerful stator. What do you think about this? What about using a light bulb mm -hmm. as a a voltage restrictor. Like We've you, always talked about using a light bulb as a fuse. If I use a, yep. if I have a, a five watt light bulb mm -hmm. in line with my heater, yep. how can it can't use more than five watts? That's right. It can only use as much current as will go through that light bulb. Yeah, but it's also drawing an additional five yep. watts. It's an additional five watts, right? So it's ten watts. It won't let it. it but then maybe it won't work. It, it, the if world's, it can't get twenty watts. It's not going to work. One of the most prevalent, readily available. I see what you're saying. That it yeah. will only allow that right. to go through. Right. Yeah. So if you're having a problem with your grips or something, yeah. using up too much wattage and right. killing your battery, right. 
run, run them in line with a, a light bulb or something. Well, you could run them on. You could run them, let's just say, on or the other circuit. Run them on the other side of your brake light circuit. Right, but, but right. you know what? I, I don't know if that'll work because I think it's R one plus R two. It is. I mean, it's that's cumulative. If you ran it uh, side by side, it's different. To, if you run, uh, that's like resistance in a series right. mm-hmm. versus resistance in parallel. Right. And if you're running resistance in parallel. Then it would it, the well, resistance is as much. Right. Do it in series with it. But if you do it in series, then if you had five watts right. on your grips and five watts on your light bulb, then you'd have ten watts. You'd yeah, because you'd have cumulative ten in watts series, it does. on your outside leg. You'd have five watts leading up to the light bulb. Well, you and then would never be able, but you'd never be able to draw twenty watts from your grips the if they're running through a five watt bulb. The theory is basically using a bulb as a fuse. Right, as but a, then your bulb blows, and you have no a voltage heat. limiter as a voltage right. limiter. Yeah. You don't have to do an experiment on that. Yeah, I mean, I, I see where does. he's coming from. I just think rather than doing that, right, it's, right, it's just easier to. For me, as far as I'm concerned, I know that I happen to have a KLR 650, and when I decided to put those grips, when I put the Coso grips on my KLR 650, I knew that I only had about 65 watts total to play with outside of my normal operating system. And I measured my wattage on those grips, and I learned that those grips were 45 watts. So realistically, I didn't have a lot to play with. So I did change all my other bulbs in the bike to LED. So I switched all my other bulbs except my headlight to LED. And I actually went to the trouble of putting LED turn signals in with an LED turn signal relay. So when you one of the biggest things on your motorcycle that wastes electricity is your turn signals. Your turn signals have to fire a flash relay, mm-hmm. and the flash relays are heavy and dumb and expensive when it comes to wattage. When you go to LEDs, when you go to have LEDs, draw to make the the, the relay. Yeah. Click. You can put if you take all four of your turn signal bulbs out and replace them with LEDs. Turn signals won't work anymore. They'll come on. They'll come on unless you buy, work. which I think is hilarious. You can buy special LED turn signal <laughs> bulbs that have resistors built in, yeah. so they work the same as your normal bulbs, which means. The three watt bulb is now drawing eighteen watts, just so it can play nice with the other bulbs. You accomplish nothing. You've accomplished nothing. Do not buy LED bulbs that have the resistor built in, unless you're just an idiot. Um, <laughs> buy the ten dollar or less digital LED turn signal relay. Load equalizer. Yeah, no, the well, load equalizer is a bunch of resistors too. Is it? Yeah, is a it? load equalizer is just a pile of resistors. What you want is to replace the manufacturer's original. Giant, huge, porky pie, big springs and fucking relay turn signal flasher. The bimetallic. Bimetallic, click, 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 click thing, right? Yeah. Um, that thing draws so much wattage, amperage, it's ridiculous. Turn signals are a pig. Get rid of that and replace it with a digital LED turn signal. And it'll relay. blink perfectly. Every it'll time. blink perfectly, and the entire load, I tested it for a 5 watt front, 5 watt back, and the flash. It's uh, 15 watts total, so it's five front, it's five watt, five front, five back, and five for the flash. 15 watts. Whereas before that, mm-hmm. with the standard incandescent bulbs, I was 18 front, 18 back, and 30 for the flash. Holy shit! So I went. I oh, was. That's what that, okay. I was running 70 watts just to tell you I was turning left. Well, just to tell you I was turning left and on and off, on and off, on and off. That's 70 watts already gone. So when I switched that over, I instantly picked up, you know, 
55 watts. So where do I swipe my kit for the heated AR650 <laughs> heated grip kit? Right. Yeah. It's so the load on your armature is spiking oh, every yeah. time it blinks. Yeah, when Chris the heat's building in your listens to the podcast next week, he's going to realize that he slept through most of it. Get, out, the, uh, get out the marker. <laughs> Where's the book? Get out I, the think sharpie. Just, I think we just put cat toys in his mouth and get see what happens. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, we'll post. You know what? We're not gonna... His mouth is open. Hot sauce. Hot sauce. Right. Hot sauce. Just shoot a little, just shoot a little jergens around us. Oh, why didn't I bring that? We are actually <laughs> at an hour and 15 right now. Uh, then the last thing that I want to talk about in the podcast is... Right now, being smuggled through um, your government is a EPA, uh, Clean Air Act, motor vehicle cleanliness thing that's going like through. I don't like this. No, you don't. And what it's going to do is it's going to address, and I don't have it on me at the moment, but the way that the legislation is written, it is in a, it's buried in a clean air bill, but what it's saying is that competition vehicles are going to have to meet the same EPA standards. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yes. The, You're going to have catalytic converters on Indy cars. On NASCARs and Indy cars, yeah. So, uh, yeah, they're going to have to be just as clean. Now, what's crazy about that is, you know, we've been enjoying in our, you know, California's already having a hard time selling aftermarket exhaust systems. In fact, if our friends that worked at Super Trap or Vance and Hines have learned anything, they've learned that if you have exhaust systems hanging at the wall of a California dealership, it's probably cost you a million dollars in fines already. I can't understand how California has an air problem mm -hmm. when they're right on the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> they have so many trees. <laughs> I'm like, shouldn't they be getting like a westerly off the ocean? Yeah, they're getting like, all that the nice best, clean air coming in. Be the best air they're getting all that nice clean air coming in from China. That's I have a rant. Yeah. I have, the, in, considering Chris is asleep, yeah, right. I'm going to have a rant. Take advantage of it. Okay, so they give they give these Volkswagens a bad rap sure. for their uh, their defeat software. Yeah, their bypass software. If you're on a motorcycle yeah. and you're riding behind mm. one of those blue liquid diesel oh, trucks, yeah. it is so acrid you yeah. cannot breathe. That's because it's uric acid. It's well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. But you cannot breathe yeah. behind those. It, it smells horrible, and when you take in a lung of it, it, yeah. it like, rips up your With lungs. With the BMWs and now the Volkswagens, all the modern uh, blue diesels all have uric acid as well. They all well, have how can they say that that's any better? It's, it's And then you have these yeah. these people on because the internet saying that 44 million <clears throat> people have died because Volkswagen has used a defeat software. Yeah. Oh, whatever the fuck. No, yeah. I'm just saying, they're idiots. Yeah, yeah that's right. stupid. And the uric acid thing the is... The answer is to go from about 300 million <clears throat> people driving cars down to about 150 million. Right. The answer yeah, but do you is you want to be to, one of those people that I want to be 150 still driving. Yeah. I think right. the answer yeah. the answer is to finally fucking embrace electric automobiles. Yeah. Birth control. Because it was a viable automobile 120 years ago. Hey, um, I agree. Johnny hey, Chrome, it was the first car. You're right. a, you're a, a former truck driver. I am. How many emissions control devices are there on a 1985 Peterbilt? Oh, an 85? Yeah. It's a tiny little bit of paint on the fuel screen. Does it have a road vent? To keep it from moving. Right. Does it have a road vent? Right. Road draft? Yeah. 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 Road draft. Yeah. So then, okay, so we're going to say that. So that, Now, the interesting, the reason I bring that up is because if you happen to have a 1985 Peterbilt or whatever, 
Um, I've seen some 1985 Peterbilts going down the road. I've actually seen some two-stroke diesels going down the road. If they still run, they're still on the road, right? Uh, And there is not a drop of legislation that says he can't do that, okay? Uh, Commercial trucks, 18-wheelers run down the road every single day, blasting black things into the environment. Heavy equipment. Heavy equipment. And that gas company in California, and Mm -hmm. he's he's spewing methane into Into the the air, which is probably more emissions from every car in California. And they don't do anything about it. They're just like, oh, it's been going on for six months. You're (laughs) in Cleveland, Ohio. Every house is sitting there burning how many cubic feet of... Natural gas. Yeah. How much carbon dioxide is coming out your furnace pipe hmm. every day? Sure. Every day. Right. And when it goes down to seven degrees, like that's got to be way more carbon yeah. dioxide in the air than the vehicles driving right. around. Yeah. It's why don't we fix that? Like somehow, you know. Like, it's very. It's very difficult for me <laughs> to be a motorcyclist or a car driver or whatever. You know, Emmy's. Uh, Emmy today realized that her O2 sensor. Need to be replaced. Today's her birthday. Happy birthday, Emmy, but you need to get your ah. plates renewed. Can't get her plates renewed because her O2 sensor is not right in her car. She's got a check engine light. So now she's going to have to jump through her butt and get this O2 sensor you know, replaced on her Saturn. Suck water down. She's a Saturn. Use water. Yeah. Scour <clears throat> that thing out. Yeah. Reset the reset the thing and then OBD2. watch the yeah and and go watch the have one of your OB two meters yeah. and then go through and watch it arm yeah. it'll arm all through there and it'll give you like fifteen minutes as soon as it, it sets the O two sensor it'll oh, yeah. give you fifteen minutes you check it right then really two they have a self serve kiosk yeah. the self serve so you can go anytime you want yeah. and my it works for me, and one of my monitors hadn't even gone to okay yet. And it's right, still it doesn't me. check EVAP. It doesn't really? check EGR. My EVAP was not okay. It was oh, still incomplete. Okay. Well, I should, right. probably should not say that because the government's listening. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, right. If we, can, if we can teach somebody how to sneak through an e-check, I'd no, actually, we're we're at an hour and twenty. The done the world. The government service. checked out. Yeah, <laughs> they realized we were forty minutes ago. <laughs> the, uh, so we should shut this down. Absolutely. So you guys, that's uh, that's about it. If you guys have any questions about uh, about adding wattage or putting load on your motorcycles. What I'm going to tell you is go to clevelandmoto.blogspot.com because when we post these show notes up, Steve and I both independently, without anybody's <coughs> coercion, we both came up with the exact same data, so it must be good. So we're going to put that data up in the show notes so you guys will have a handy form to test your motorcycle, it's, handy. it's handy. Handy, handy for him. Calculate. And calculate. That's handy right. for him. Yeah. Um, and uh, on that, before we close out, I'm going to say that if you happen to be riding a 1998 uh, Harley Davidson Heritage, good luck. Feel sorry. <laughs> just feel real sorry for your power consumption there, buddy. Because I mean, it's one thing to talk about vintage motorcycles not having any ability to add shit to them. What did you say now? Ninety eight. Ninety eight. So that's yeah. still so that's still an Evo. It's I, the last year. The, the the ultimate irony is the nineteen ninety eight Harley. It's carbureted motor. Yep. Three hundred and sixty watts grand total. That's all you get for the whole thing. <laughs> Wait, look at my list because I added. Look at what I did added you add some one. bad ones to it. I added this one. Which one's that? Oh, fuel injected. F- no. I'm sorry, I can't see it. Oh, the, you're all done. But I also added the man, which has 450 watts. Oh, yeah, the man's got plenty. The man's got plenty. <laughs> and if you have a uh, if you have a Kawasaki Vulcan 1500, 
I'm also sorry for you because you don't have much to play with either. Yeah, the Honda Shadow, 329 watts. Yeah, that's pretty sick. You know, that's unbelievable. These are big, fat cruiser bikes. they got no extra power whatsoever. And there's probably 52 lights on them. Oh, yeah. These are all the bikes that are the worst victims of ever over-lighting, ever. Like, everybody who buys these motorcycles put extra shit on them, you know? And yet they've got the least... Yeah, that's what that's what a '73 electric line would have had. 228 watts. Yep. Yeah, to run the whole goddamn motorcycle. 19 amp alternator. Yeah, and you yeah. think about when Stay. you when you're thinking about just the fucking just that was points. That's you know that's yeah. a, that's Still points in a rotor, you know, and when you think about just the loss on those components alone, it's probably 75, 95 watts just to keep your spark plug firing. Right. You know, so yeah, these. It's pretty amazing on the older bikes how close to the edge they were running. The horn kill switch. Oh, God, yeah. You hit the horn and the <clears> whole <throat> bike just shuts the water <laughs> off. Yeah, it might as well be a short to ground. <laughs> but yeah. at least your bike doesn't use the battery as a voltage regulator like the C70s. Right, yeah. Don't run it without a battery. You'll blow every bulb, bulb in the fucker. <sighs> yeah, that's exactly right. So, all right, does anybody else have anything to add? John? I'm going to tell him, drive fast and take chances. I can I can slide that in at any moment. What's Get sued for this? I don't think so. Nah, probably not. I think BJ Lederman likes the fact that we do this. I think it's probably true. Yeah, he's probably a big fan of the podcast. Right, he probably has. Thank you, BJ Lederman.